D&D Outdoors is brought to you by the Southwestern Outdoorsman. Head on over to southwesternoutdoorsman.com to get your hunting gear and all your needs today. It's also brought to you by Headline Outdoors. Download Headline Outdoors on Roku or Fire TV and start enjoying the outdoors with hundreds of outdoor hunting and fishing episodes. Fishing, loving every day. That's the prayer that a country boy brings. Welcome back, everyone, to D and the Outdoors. Today on the show, we have Gordon from Millennial Outdoors. How y'all doing today? Hey, what's going on, Dale? Doing good, doing good. Dustin, are you there? Can I'm tell here, you're man. frozen. Look like you're frozen there for a second. Yeah, it, it, mine does look like it's a grainy one out of the three of us here. <laughs> you, you need to like do a little spit shine on your uh, camera there. Yeah, I don't know what's <laughs> going on. What's today? Uh, awesome. Thank you very much, Gordon, for joining us today. Um, yeah, if you just kind of want to tell us a little bit about, you know, Millennial Outdoors, what y'all do, and, you know, just kind of what, what all got you into turkey hunting and making calls. Okay, yeah. So thanks for having me on, Dell and uh, Dustin. I appreciate the invite. Um, so my the Millennial Outdoors was started in 2018, and it, I, I originally started it with like a little invention I had done for uh, deer stands and that's that has taken a pause and it's funny where you know life just kind of like takes you to a new place um and I started making turkey calls uh probably about four years ago and to backtrack um I never I didn't uh as a kid I didn't turkey hunt there wasn't a whole lot of turkeys in Delaware and uh really all over uh in the 90s there wasn't a ton that i know of um and so my my dad had bought me a turkey call from like it was either from an auction or a yard sale or something and i would just kind of would always like play with that turkey call and try to figure out the sounds and everything this is way before any kind of you could find any kind of instructional videos very easily it was just <laughs> kind of just doing it on your own um and then th i started turkey hunting i want to say it was it was uh, maybe it was a couple years before it was like maybe 2008 2009 i started turkey hunting and nobody in my family had ever done it so it was just all me trying to learn how to turkey hunt um i grew up deer hunting so i was like taught how to deer hunt um so i kind of have like a cool understanding of people who have never hunted before and they kind of like are learning on their own because that's kind of how i did with turkey hunting um okay. and uh let's see um so after i kind of like pause with my little invention for deer hunting um i just I don't know how, I can't remember like a specific moment where I was like, I'm going to make turkey calls, but I just started doing it. Um, and I saw a lot of turkey calls out there that were, a lot of people made like a lot of different type of turkey calls. And what I decided to do was I wanted to make one kind of call really good. Okay. So like that was my mission for the last like two years, three years. I just kind of kept tweaking uh, my slate call um, and learning about, you know, the different sounds that you can uh, get from tweaking certain things inside the, uh, inside the call. Um, 
and I made a really, really good um, slate call. And I've made a really good, this year, I made a really good glass call. And so my next thing I'm going to do is I'm going to make, um, I'm going to start making mouth calls. So I got a guy making me a jig for uh, making mouth calls. And I'm going to go see him in a little bit. And he's going to like spend a, a couple of days with me and just show me how, um, how to make mouth calls and, and all the little tricks to that. That's awesome. So for someone that doesn't know much about calls, what, what is um, the main difference between a slate and a glass call? Would you say? Uh, it, I would say it's more personal preference than anything. A lot of people, they like, they like glass calls. Um, so the main difference is you can get a little bit higher pitch sound on the glass. Um, the slate call is more of like a little bit of a mellow call. So I will use my slate call. Um, I use it a lot in the mornings. Um, like when the turkeys are first waking up, do some nice soft calling for like, if I'm really, really close to a turkey, I try to move in really close to them okay. uh, when they're on the roost. And I'll just start off with some really soft calling. And then I can move on. If I have, I always have a slate and a glass with me. Okay. So that I can use my glass call to kind of reach out a little bit farther and kind of pick up a turkey that, you know, maybe not be, may not, might not be in the area. Gotcha. No, that makes complete sense there. That's interesting. I've always kind of wondered that. And then what is the benefit then as you're transitioning, I guess, into, I mean, all different types of turkey calls with a, a mouth call? No, I predominantly use mouth calls because for me, I can never figure out the Slater glass calls. I know it's kind of weird. A lot of people <laughs> say that the mouth call is the hardest one, but I like that the most. Uh-huh. Um, but what what's kind of the main difference in over a mouth call overall three, or I guess two, essentially? Well, so what do you mean by that now? Like the mouth calls have like a lot bigger pitch, louder vocals, or is it just more being able to kind of control um, the like different aspects of it. So yeah, mouth call. I I want to start making mouth calls. It's like a huge part of your arsenal when you're turkey hunting. Um, obviously, when when they're coming in close, you don't want your you know to be using a, a slate call. You can do it, and I've done it for years. Um, I I also use mouth calls. Um, and I I just found that for me the the slate calls are a little bit more effective. But okay. with the, definitely with the mouth call, you can you, you can definitely either, you know, it has so much versatility to the mouth call um, that you can, you know, reach farther, come call soft. It's just, you know, they are great calls. Awesome, awesome. So you said you when you got into turkey hunting, um, you know, it wasn't something you kind of grew up doing. What, what would you say is kind of important for beginners coming into like turkey hunting and kind of the challenges you face as well as like what you've learned over the years of turkey hunting you know out, out west we don't where i live at in arizona we don't have many turks they've been turkey hunting once in a unit that there's like no turkeys even though i saw some but okay. you know it's not like i've turkey hunted a lot and like mm -hmm. people that are like trying to get into it what would you say like some tips and tricks and things along those lines so obviously um you know, finding someone who uh, has turkey hunted for a long time would be like the ideal way. Um, 
good luck trying to do that. <laughs> it's turkey hunters are like duck hunters, you know, that's like, they're very, very secretive of their spots and yeah. um, just, you know, but I would say um, have, first of all, have fun. Like you're learning something. Uh, the first, my first turkey I ever killed, it was like, so gratifying that like i did all that by myself like i i learned how to do it by myself and so have have fun with it um and i would say the second thing would be like just get your boots on the ground and just hunt just go out as much as you can and don't expect to kill one um and just have fun and like learn about them um and there's a book you can buy. I, uh, what was his name? It's called dirty birds. It's something Spencer, maybe Jim Spencer possibly. Um, and that's an excellent book to read. It tell it, it really teaches you a lot about Turkey hunting. It helped me. Um, I actually, I just bought it last year. Somebody told me about it. I bought it last year and read it last year and it, it definitely changed the way, uh, I, I Turkey hunted this year. Um, and, and you can see, I, I, um, it was a good year. I tagged out. I got three turkeys in Virginia. My son got a turkey. I got a turkey in West Virginia. Um, so the difference was that I read that book and I kind of just followed those guidelines in his book. Gotcha. That's and awesome. And my calls. And my calls. Your calls. <laughs> and your calls. That's the most important part here. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> What, what all goes into making, you know, a turkey call? I mean, I'm guessing it, every turkey call pretty much has to be precise and make the same simply because of the sound and all that, but. Yeah, um, like a, a choice wood that you like using or. Yeah, I so my preferred wood is, is cherry. <clears throat> I know a lot of people, I've, I've made them out of walnut before. A lot of people love walnut calls. I think from the cherry is like a little bit of a softer sound. If, if that's like the best way to describe it, a, a walnut's more of a, it, it's a little bit higher pitch. Um, and my background is uh, aviation. So in aviation industry, they teach you like for your, you know, the standards to be like very, very precise. And so every call that I make, I try to, make it exactly the same every single call. Um, and, you know, obviously there's tolerances. If it's beyond that tolerance, I just throw it out. And I will hand tune every single call that goes through my shop. So I get the, I get the call made and I have a pile of strikers and some buckets. And, I'll, and if I got to go through every single striker, to make to make sure that call sounds like a turkey and the other thing i'll do is i have turkey recordings so as i'm using that call i'm listening to their turkey recordings of a, awesome. um, of a yelp a hen yelp and and i make sure that it matches up to that live turkey that i that i have recorded um and i will you know so every call that someone gets is um is already hand tuned by me with the strikers that's awesome that's really awesome yeah i mean it really goes to show that you have a quality product yes yes i guarantee i have a quality yeah. product yeah um so kind of going back to like the call differences 
walk me through like your call. So you'll start out in the morning with like a slate call, like after like around sun up, and then you'll move to a glass call if like they're kind of farther out. And then once they get closer, you move to a mouth call, or do you just kind of depend so, on what so you're I, feeling? So um 99.9 percent .9 of the time i'm using a slate call okay um if it's windy there's occasions where i will move to a, a glass call um okay. or or a box call that's another call that i haven't made yet that's should be uh it should be this year this year should be the mouth calls and the uh, the box calls but um so i will like if it's windy I'll, I'll transition to a, a glass call. Okay. Um, and I very rarely use mouth calls just because, um, like I'm not a good caller. I'm not okay. great. So that was one of the reasons I designed the slate call that I designed. Like it's very easy to use. Okay. Um, so like, I use that. And then, so the reason I have, I don't necessarily always use mouth calls is because I haven't found a mouth call that I like the sound on yet. Okay. So that's kind of why you're making your own then. And that's why, yeah. And that's why I'm going to make my own. And obviously there is, I'm not like dog and there's great sound and mouth calls out there. It's just for me, I didn't have, I don't like this necessarily like the sounds of them. I haven't found the one I liked yet. Gotcha. And I've used a lot. <laughs> gotcha. Um, so what, let's see, what do you, what do you do to, like when you sit, do you set up decoys? If you do, how do you set them up? You know, I usually, I usually use one decoy. Um, and I'll usually, I obviously I try to like put the, the hen tail facing the direction that I think the, the Tom Turkey, the gobbler is going to come from. Okay. So it's just a simple little setup. Just simple. So just like just a hen, that's about it. Yeah, because I I hunt uh, pretty much all public land, so yeah. I'm usually on foot. I'm humping it quite a bit. Um, I don't want to drag all that those decoys yeah. with me, and just a simple little setup, just something simple, nothing crazy. So do you do a lot of like moving when you're uh, turkey hunting? I know, or do you like try to look where they're at and sit down and wait, or do you just uh call and move i mean how what's your hunting preference when it comes to turkey um i will so my generally what i do is i'm usually scout i usually scout like fridays are my scouting day all year gotcha. long except for in the season so even for deer hunting like i'm scouting every friday i'm scouting all day normally um so I usually start scouting for turkeys you know january march um i'll transition from you know, looking at for deer beds and, and scouting for deer. And then like usually March, I'll start scouting for turkeys, looking for turkey scratchings, trying to find uh, the roosting, you know, where a gobbler's roosting. Uh, you can do that by, they'll, lots of times a gobbler will like rake the leaves at the base of the tree. So you kind of know like there's a gobbler in that area. Um, and usually what I'll do is I'll call to them in the morning. I'm not a, I'm not a patient person. So I'll call him like in the morning. And then if he goes off with a hen, um, I'll just usually like, I, lots of times I leave and go back to my truck. I'll have like heat up some tea and relax. I'll do it. And then I'll start walking. 
um, kind of doing a little bit of scouting for like the next day or the next week, but also, um, you know, trying to find a, a Tom that's like willing to participate, you know? Um, and then usually around 10 o'clock, I'll go back, I'll circle back around. So I'll make like a big circle. I'll circle back around to where I was in the morning and try to call that same, uh, Turkey that I was calling in the morning. He'll be gotcha. done with the hint by then. Gotcha. So like when you're walking, are you walking and doing a turkey call every like two, three hundred yards, or are you just walking, kind of just looking for sign? Yeah, so I'll do it's it's actually a little bit less than that. It's probably maybe every 50 yards. Okay. And with the, the call that I made, it's a real like I said, it's a real soft call. Um a lot of times the calls, if you look at the bottom, they'll have like eight holes. Mine only has four. Okay. So I'm able to like really, really like talk soft to the turkey. So like every 50 yards, I'll just do a real, real soft little yelp. Um, and if, if there is a turkey in that area, you know, he'll hear it. Um, and yeah, that's, that's about what I do. Gotcha. So when you're, um, yelping then like you get a response to you i guess immediately sit down or you try to like if it's off in the distance you consider like walk that way a little bit farther or that's the that's the that's the question you always ask yeah. yourself <laughs> <laughs> so it it's really just a, um man most of the time i sit down gotcha yeah, I mean, I don't, I, I will try to like stop and kind of gather my thoughts and find a good ambush point. Um, and I, I'll usually sit down. I, I, I try to get the decoy out if I can, and I'll sit down. And then I'm usually at that, you know, maybe after a little bit, I'm usually kicking myself and telling me <laughs> that, you know, I should have walked, try to ambush them or get a little bit closer or something, you know. And that's just the question you have to ask yourself is he coming or not? You really just don't know. Okay. Awesome. Before patience comes in. Yeah. Um, so how do you, what's the best way to strike a call or a striker? You know, when you're on the slate making your, do you like to do, I guess people do like little circles. I've seen like people do so many different ways. What's yeah. like your preference and like what works best for, you know, your millennial um, calls? Yeah. So I'll usually do, uh, the way I do it is I usually do like a little oval, a very small oval. Um, and I, I go counter or I'm sorry, I go clockwise. Okay. I think a lot of people teach, I think like the pros, they teach to go counterclockwise. And by the time I ever like saw that, I was already going clockwise. So it's just yeah. kind of, it's just really personal preference, I think. Okay. Um, and if you just, you know, really just practicing with your call, you know, you can tell a difference between someone who practices and someone who doesn't. Um. I was just out with my buddy, uh, you know, in West Virginia, and he he picks up the call like a week before he goes hunting, you know, and I'm like using mine all year long. And, you know, he does a good job, but you can definitely tell like there's a difference. You can when you practice. Like with my call, you know, I just like I'll start practicing and then, you know, you get to the point where it's like you get really good at um, like being able to do some rasp on it and just high pitch. So when you're doing that yelp, you know, lots of times I'll incorporate um, some high pitch sounds and then drop down and do some rasps and just kind of like what a, you know, what a live turkey would do. Awesome. Um, so let's talk about 
care of like slating glass calls? How, okay. What do you do to take care of them? Would you, I mean, I know people like to use uh, like the little metal sandpaper. brushes. Yeah, sandpaper, bristle brushes. Yeah. What, what do you suggest to keep care? I mean, to take care of them. So first and foremost, um, you know, as far as the wood goes, um, I use tongue oil, 100% tongue oil. So it'd be T-U-N-G oil. Um, the stuff they sell at Lowe's, it's not 100%. They have some other stuff in there. So I, I think I got mine on Amazon, the stuff that I use. But it's um, – and what that does is, like, if you're in an area where you have mosquitoes and you spray, you know, off on your hands and you're spraying all over and then you grab your call, if it's not some kind of natural oil – you, you just got the stuff all over your hands. Like it just, the, the off eats it up. So I use tongue oil and it works really good. It's weather, you know, you can see like when it's raining, the water will be beating up on it. So I would say, you know, every year, just put a little bit of tongue oil on the wood just to make, you know, to give it a refresh. Um, for the slate, I usually use the green Scotch-Brite. Okay. And then for the striker, I use um, 150 grit sandpaper. And just rub the end of the striker, essentially. That's interesting. Yeah. You know, that's very interesting. You know, I've never heard anyone ever talk about actually taking care of the wood on their turkey calls. You always hear about the striker or yeah. the slate and glass. It's just yeah. one of those things. I've, I've never even thought of that. Yeah, yeah that being said, I mean, it's pretty obvious. Yeah, that's exactly. I was like, well, that makes sense, but you know, I've never, never even thought of that in my life. We have, you know, my buddies that turkey, and I don't think they've ever. They're always like, "God, we take care of the top and the striker," but never talk yeah. about the actual wood. Yeah, I just try to give it a refresh every year. Yeah, just to kind of keep it in good condition. It keeps the wood nice. Gotcha. No, that I mean, yeah, it makes complete sense in like thinking about it now. Um, but no, that's that's awesome. So, what is your so do you, what's your favorite turkey to hunt? I mean, I'm guessing you only hunt Eastern turkeys out there. Have you hunted other species of turkeys or? No, not yet. No, not yet. No. So what is your favorite turkey hunting? Do you like the woods? Do you like, like the open fields? What, what, what's your ideal habitat? If, you, if someone was going to be like, hey, there's, you can turkey on this spot for the rest of your life, there'll be turkeys. I couldn't do it. <laughs> no. No, well, I take that back. So I can't, I wouldn't be able to hunt like a specific farm for the rest of it. Like, I just love the, you know, being able to walk and like, you know, down the road from me, I got like 16,000 acres of, you know, that's probably nothing compared to where you're at, but like 16,000 acres. And then, you know, I also have like 4,000 acres. I just enjoy going out. Um, as far as like my favorite, like area, um, I, I can't like specifically, I don't have anything, um, where like, it's like, oh, I got, I love this spot. You know, it's, there's, I, I enjoy being able to like go sit somewhere where it's going to be like, you know, you're taking it all in the scenery and everything. So, and I can get that from really anywhere. Gotcha. You like hunting mornings or nights? Um, I've never hunted turkeys at night. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. he meant in the evenings. Yeah, like, like after. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've never, well, I've never hunted in the evening either. I usually, 
like I'm usually well, most states you have to be done by twelve, I think, yeah. like twelve yeah. or one. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I never then, knew that. Interesting. Yeah, See, and I'm, then in, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was say out here's sun up to sun down for hunting. Oh, okay, okay. So like yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of times like we'll go sit all day because you either find them in the morning, find their water where they come in and drink at like one, two in the afternoon, or you try to figure out where the roost is and catch them on their way back to the roost. Mm. So I, I, I didn't know like there was actual like hours you could only hunt turkeys. So at the, I think it's the last two weeks in Virginia, you can hunt them at night or in the evening at uh, that point. I think um, that sounds right. Yeah. But I got to be honest with you. If the turkeys aren't gobbling, I don't enjoy turkey hunting. Gotcha. <laughs> just sitting there uh in west virginia this past week we actually cut the trip a day early um it was like just it was just raining just nasty weather and we sat out there i think it was like two days we sat out there from you know it was like we were in place by four or something until one o'clock and you didn't hear hear a single gobble and to me that's just miserable i just I can do it deer hunting, but I can't do it turkey hunting. So, like, we cut – it was supposed to rain again this past Tuesday down in West Virginia, and I was like I, – I, we just cut the trip early. I was like, I'm not sitting out till, you know, 1 o'clock waiting for a turkey to walk by. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, y'all were yeah. set up before or at 4 o'clock in the morning? We usually – yeah, it might not have been quite a 4. I think it was – um, it might have been – I usually let me put it this way. I usually try to get out there an hour before shoot, like before shooting time. Okay. Before sunrise. Yeah. That's a long so, sip. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Everybody thinks I'm crazy for going out that early. <laughs> yeah, I so remember. Your your friend did he get anything, or were you the only one that built a tag? In West Virginia. No, yeah, I'm the only one that filled a tag. Yeah, he he didn't get anything. He wasn't using your calls then, right? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he he's never killed a turkey before, so I was really I killed that turkey before he he came down. Okay. And so I was really trying to get him a turkey when when he came down, but it just didn't happen. The weather didn't cooperate quite right, and the turkeys. Now, when you done that, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I've never killed a turkey either. But I remember my buddy when I first got drawn. He's like, "Well, we'll be up at like 3 a.m." I was like, "Excuse me." <laughs> <laughs> um, so, do you use um, locator locator calls like owls? I know some people like to use owls. Some people like to use crows. Some people just like to slam their truck door and see if there's anything out there. Or do you just like to stick with the turkey call to see where they're at? I I do use those. Um... But I just don't, you know, they're not effective for me. Gotcha. And just because I say that, you know, whatever I'm like, you know, that's just what works for me. You know what I mean? And that's what everybody has to, you know, when you're learning to hunt, you just have to do what works for you. You know, it, right. I might not be doing it right the right way. You know, if somebody took me out there and showed me how to use a locator call and, you know, maybe that's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's funny. Yeah, I've heard of everybody doing like what I'm a guy. I was at a church somewhere. Was like, yeah. Sometimes I just slam my truck door and they go off. You know, 
that's an interesting yeah. way to do it. I was talking to a friend of mine that lives up in that property I own. He said that he had a Tom strutting in his backyard the other day. And when his bear dog were barking, it would set that Tom off. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he was That's... getting a text message from my other neighbor up there that he was actually out there turkey hunting, but nothing was answering him. And he's like, well, they're up here at my house. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Is that how it always goes? At least for me. Uh, yeah, same. I love those videos online when people are like out deer or elk hunting the deers right by their truck when they get back or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Well, do you have any questions, Dustin? Any more? What, what kind of recipes do you have for some turkey? Oh, I don't have anything too crazy. You know, just frying them up a little bit. Uh, putting a little bit of salt and pepper in there uh my wife she made a this couple weeks ago she made a real good she, i sliced them like real thin and then she took a mallet and kind of like beat them down and um almost like you would do uh uh what's it called um chicken parmesan oh that sounds good but, but she just fried it you know and a little bit of pepper salt and pepper and lemon and uh you know, just kind of had them. So, yeah, nothing crazy. Okay. I did make a teriyaki. I, I tried to make one with, like, teriyaki one time or sauce, and it was actually – it was really bad. Oh, no. <laughs> it was actually really nasty. So, <laughs> Do you do anything with do the, the legs or anything? I always do a fan. I'm talking about eating-wise with the legs and all. Oh, the legs – I tried to cook them in the crock pot, and uh, they're tough. They're yeah. tough to uh, <laughs> they're tough to try to cook. Maybe somebody will show me one day how to cook them. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'm assuming it's going to be the same thing with the pheasants that we get that you know where they're just walking all the time. Yeah, I've, I've tried to put them in the crock pot and just cook them and cook them and cook them, and it's just still it's, it's not. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> maybe uh um maybe one of those new like pressure cookers or something maybe yeah with the instapots yeah yeah the instapots maybe one of those will work i don't know <laughs> so uh you got any shows coming up that you'll be at oh yeah um so August, I think it's August 4th and 5th. We're doing the um, Virginia Sportsman Show. It's in Doswell, Virginia. It's, I want to say it's the second biggest in the state. So we'll be there. Who would be the uh, first then? I think it's the Western Virginia Sportsman Show. Fishersville? Yeah. Really? I think, well, according to what, when I talked to the guy, he he said, I wanted to say, he said something around 6,000 people come through there maybe or something. And then they said at the other show, it was a little bit more. I think they said it was like 10 or 20. We were at Fishersville this year. Adam and I just went up there and walked through. I mean, yeah, they've got a couple of them guys from the TV shows and this and that and 
but it, it, I didn't think it was that many people there. Oh, okay. Well, that's what they advertise. <laughs> I might be mistaken. I don't know the numbers. I apologize if I offend anybody. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So what um you have any other questions, Dustin? Uh I guess the big one in the room here is uh how does it feel to be, you know, you're you're at an expo and then all of a sudden you just pack up and leave because of the rain. Oh man, you call me out. You're calling me. <laughs> hey, that was yeah, that was um I wish I would have like maybe I could have taken it inside because I do feel bad for just leaving like that um because I had posted it that I was going to be there and then then I left and I was like man if anybody was coming to check out my calls I feel bad you know so if anybody is watching and you were there you were going to be there to check out my calls I apologize um but that was well it was nasty it was nasty and my stuff got soaking wet so I got to be honest, I was a little mad because yeah. <laughs> I had just set everything up and like all my stuff started getting wet and it was like, I didn't, I really didn't want my stuff to get ruined, but I should have probably went into that building and maybe set up. Yeah, it was, you were on <laughs> one side of us and then the two booths on the other side of us, all of them just packed up and left and it was about 11 o'clock, sun come out, it, it, I think that first hour of rain just ruined that whole show because it won't. Yeah. Two dozen people come through. It won't much. Uh huh. But they talk about salt barbecue sandwich. <laughs> yeah, by the time we were ready to go up and get one, he had sold out too, and he was packing up and leaving. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, he, his bread was soggy. So it's like it was his bread was getting rained on. So I was eating a oh, soggy man. sandwich. Oh, man. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, that's was, not good. Yeah, Dust was, was Dust was telling me about that. I was like, oh man, this does not sound like fun at all. Uh, I would have been, was, I would have been in your boat, Gordon. I would have been like, yeah, no, bye bye. Yeah, and and I drove. I I want to say it was like an hour and a half from me. So oh, yeah, good drive that too for it. I basically I basically drove three hours. You know, just yeah. had a nice little drive. Yeah. <laughs> The funny thing is, afterwards, they started sending out the thank you stuff, the emails and all. Oh, yeah. The guy that was two booths down, he showed up, just finished setting up when it started raining, and then he packed everything up and left. He was actually one of the sponsors for that event. Yeah, yeah. It's like, wow. It's, yep. It, it was rough. Yeah, it sounds like it. Oh, man. We don't have to worry about that too much out here in Arizona. They said last year during that show it snowed, so. Oh, oh wow. So, you and know, what that's... it's going in a better direction every year, I guess. Hey. <laughs> next, year yeah. it'll be, next year it'll be like a windstorm or something. But that was pretty much this year, too. It was, yeah. it was blowing hey, in sideways on us. Yeah, I was holding down my tent, and like the the rain was just coming in sideways, and everything was getting soaking wet. Oh, oh man. lord! Uh, you live and you learn. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have anything else, Justin? Um, 
I'm tapped out. I'm taking notes uh, over here on how to set up birds and all. Same. Like I, I like sticky notes full right now. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Nice. Um, I can awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on uh, today, Gordon. Um, so where can everybody, you know, follow you at and find you at if they want to, like, purchase your tur turkey calls or, like, you know, just kind of look through your stuff? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook. So um, uh, let's see if I get this right. It's – wait, I got a card here, I think. No, I don't. It's um. Oh wait, here we go. Sorry, I gotta read. I I don't even remember. All right, so it's it's Millennial Outdoors. It's M I L L E N N I A I A L Outdoors. But for Facebook, it's a capital M and a capital O. Okay. And then Instagram would be Millennial Dot Outdoors. And you can, I think, on both of those, you can find my, you know, my website. But my website's Millennial Dash Outdoors dot com. And I just, for the Facebook and Instagram, I try to put out like, you know, just some cool stories every now and then. And, um, you know, to me, it's just more than it's more than uh, Millennial Outdoors is more than just turkey calls. It's, you know, about getting people excited about hunting, um, you know, people who've never been before and all that kind of stuff. So awesome. Yeah, we definitely will take you in uh, the posts and stuff that we put out, too. But, yeah, well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much for uh, coming on. It was great talking to you. And, you know, hopefully that means Dustin and I eventually will get a turkey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure, man. It was great. I'll, anytime you guys want me to come on, man, it's awesome. awesome. Thank you Thank for having me. Yeah. Whether you're hunting, fishing, scouting, sitting down for long periods of times just really takes it out of you. Your back is sore. Your body is sore. You're going to have to leave your tree stand or blind early just because you are not comfortable well let's change that with pure pro pure pro is making an avid hunter outdoor enthusiast some most comfortable products out there in the market you can be able to sit for long periods of times and not have a sore back or body mate right here in the usa get your pure pro products today at www.purpro.com that is www.pur-pro.com today we had a great time sitting down with Gordon over at Millennial Outdoors. Great company, great guy, great conversation. Learned a lot about turkey hunting, too. If, you know, you're in the market for a turkey call, give him a check. Check him out. You know, Millennial Outdoors, they make great, great turkey calls. And, you know, you can tell that he really cares about his product. Um, we hope you all enjoyed the second annual turkey episode here at The and D Outdoors. And y'all have a great rest of your day. And if you're heading to work, it will be over soon.